What is up? Welcome to the Tim Weichselbaum Show. This is episode 29, and now a word from our sponsors. Okay, back to the show. Okay, man, it's been an okay week for me. A lot of lows, a lot of mids, a lot of lo- eh. Who could? I'm not one to complain. That's what people tell me. You have no right to complain. You should be happy. Because I don't know how clinical depression works. And since you have assets in a nice t-shirt, Versace, who are you to complain, you lazy fuck? Why do you get out of bed at 6 p.m. every day? Well, fuck you. There's no, what do you say to that? Okay, you're right. Oh, thank you for telling me that. Now I'll, I'll be able to just convince my body to get out of bed at 8 a.m., because I am not clinically depressed, and that's not a real thing. Clinical depression is is not a real thing. I fucking hate dumb people. I hate being around people that just think they could just give advice that's not only wrong advice, but insulting, dehumanizing, bullshittery advice. The quantity of the it, the quality of words that come out of people's faces is just mind blowing, man. That's why I don't talk to people. Like, I know what they're going to say. Something insultingly and something fucking dumb. uh, Is being an introvert a bad quality? No, it's a correct quality. It means you're smart and you know that people are fucking ear, uh, indescribably, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It doesn't matter. I don't need to use correct. I don't need to use the exact word that I'm looking for. Let's just say, let's just use the ones that people that I'm thinking people are dumb. Most people are dumb or just annoying. There's some smart people that are annoying, but at least they're smart. At least you might learn something from them about how you're annoying. If I shared everything I thought about somebody while it was happening, they would, I would just not, never see them again. They would avoid me at all costs the next time they see me. Or they would just be like, hey, why did, why were you so rude to me last time we hung out? And I would just be like, why were you so fucking annoying the last time? I mean, okay. I didn't plan on going on a, a, a rant about that, but it, like, I just don't like people who, I mean, I could have just left it at people, but to be more specific, I don't like people who try to, like, give me guidance on life. Like, just because I say something that is a little bit, like, weird, you could just, like, roll with You don't have to, like, be like, whoa, why'd you say that? It's like, because I like talking shit. It's like somebody said that they left their AirPods at somebody's house, and they texted them, and the person said, I don't know where they are. I don't see them. And I was like, ooh, that guy probably stole them. What a fucking scum fuck. And he was like, really? You think he stole them from me? And I was like, no, I don't fucking know. I just wanted to say that. I don't I don't care. I don't know if he's a... He's like, why would you call him a scum fuck? I was like, it's a fun thing to say. You don't like to call people scum fucks behind their back? What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you, fucking... Yeah, so I'm an introvert. And people think that that means I don't have a personality. Which is kind of true. I guess personality is actually, you don't see it if you don't talk. If I don't talk to people, you don't see my personality. And like, okay, that pretty much is the same thing as not having one, I guess. And when I do talk to people, unless I know them very well, I'm not going to expose my true personality. I'm going to be on guard. I'm going to say things to just make them think I'm just a neutral person. I'm just going to say whatever I can to make them feel comfortable and be like, yes, yes, no, I do not have a cigarette. No, I don't have a lighter either. No, oh, yeah, comet, yep. I'm a comedian. Yeah, I'm a comic. Uh, Nine years. Yeah, I've been doing it for that long. Yeah, I still suck at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've been in Austin for a year. Like, I just say stuff with a regular inflection, no nothing I have an accent, I have an Italian, I have a Chicago accent, I guess, but I don't show my true personality unless I know the person, because uh, it turns people off. I don't have a good one. The one I have is toxic, turns people off, but also, 
Not really. I mean, it's complicated. It's not. I'm not only a toxic asshole all the time. I just have an edge to me when I like. I am a very like pessimistic, you know, r- realistic person. Like, I don't. I'm not just positive for the sake of positivity. Who the fuck? I mean, sometimes if I take magical mushrooms, I'll be like, it's a nice day out. Look how beautiful the sunset is. Because when you're on mushrooms, the sunsets are fucking beautiful. Like the colors, the saturation is turned up. And you just go like, is it always that fucking beautiful? Colorful? Like the colors just get so rich. And it just puts you in this, like, it puts you in the present. And it just makes you go, you know what? I'm lucky to be alive. And yeah, that is a good place to be sometimes. But then it wears off and you go, you get irritated by everything. I don't know. I'm not irritated right now, really. But I guess, because I, I guess I am a little bit about the whole people telling me to not be depressed. You're lazy. Why do you, why don't you get out of bed? Why don't you hit more comedy shows? It's like, I'm not lazy. I just don't believe in myself. There's a big difference. I'm not lazy. If somebody told me to go to something, I'm pretty, I'm pretty like punctual. I will drive, I'll drive 50 miles from, for some quality pussy or whatever. I don't know. Like nobody offers and I'm not the type who seeks it out. And I'm talking, I'm not talking about pussy. I'm using that as a placeholder for just anything good in life. Comedy shows. Um, I don't know, man. We'll get into that a little bit. This won't be a long episode because I just don't have a lot to complain about. This podcast is just about me getting off complaints from my chest, off my chest area region that have been sticking in my craw. And uh, I have nothing really that happened that pissed me off in the past week, except for what I just talked about. People mooching off me. I talked about that last episode. I talked about this guy who mooches off me, and he caught wind that I that I talked about him on the previous episode because somebody asked. Somebody was like, who, who was it that was mooching off you? And then he was literally right next to me, and I was just like, oh, uh, that guy, the guy right here that can clearly hear that you just asked that like because you know we we hang out like he's a friend we're not just i got I, I addressed it with him that he's a mooch and like he still hasn't stopped mooching off me but at least he kind of is aware that it pisses me off a little bit and you know i feel no no, no he kind of you know he had it coming and I'm just didn't know him well enough to talk to to say it to his face. So that's what the podcast is for. And any time I talk shit about someone on this thing, and they find out and they fucking I don't know don't like it or whatever, I'll at least talk to them and try to explain myself. I don't feel like I owe anyone an apology because I didn't use anyone's name or anything. And it was a thing that that bugs me. Uh, so I don't redact any of it and he's probably going to be on this podcast. Like he's, he said he would do it. Um, so that'll be interesting. I don't know. I, I don't really seek out guests for this because I don't want to, like, there's got to be like a really good flow of conversation. There's some comics that I know are really good at that, like good at conversation, but that's an art. Conversation is a skill. And you can't just be good at talking and maintaining at at just saying shit. You also have to listen to the other person. You have to let them talk and then say something that actually shows that you are actively listening. You can't just be one-sided. So I don't really, it's really, so that is rare to be good at podcasting. I've seen some other podcasts by a pretty established comics. I'm not going to say their name because I want to work with them and I it doesn't matter. They're not going to, I'm never going to work with them or whatever or be on their podcast, but some of them fucking suck at podcasting. And, uh, I, I'm not saying I'm that good at it. Let's just leave it at that. So talking to women, talking to women always gets me, it it makes me it wakes me up 
The problem with that is then I'm going to want to keep talking to women for the rest of the night. Like if if a woman comes up to me after I do comedy and they give me like this positive uh, attention, they say, oh, you're funny, and then they sit next to me and they, we start talking, then it's going to be awkward because I am a fucking simp, pathetic, incel loser who will definitely fuck them if they ask. So it leaves puts me in this awkward situation where it's like, should I walk away? Yes, I probably should. I shouldn't just wait for them to leave and be like, okay, well, it's nice. It's it's better if I'm the one who breaks it off because the longer you sit there, the more it's gonna look like you're actually trying to like get with them, and that's what I I want. I want to get with women. I mean, who doesn't with a dick? Who doesn't want to get with women with a perfect with a working dick and the ability to do that? I'm not in my nineties. Um, I I like women. So recently, I've been telling myself to to listen to the voice in the back of my head that says nothing's gonna happen. Even if something could happen, don't. Don't because it's not good to to hook up with uh, comedian women, or you know, it's definitely not a good idea to pursue that. And you're just gonna feel like a dick if you uh, hit on them and they say no. You're gonna feel like an asshole. So I, anytime a woman comes up to me and says good job, I just go high five and I leave. No. I will talk to them for as long as they want, but then if I could, then I don't, I, I fucking bail. I just leave, man. Like, I don't offer them right. I don't know, man. You can't get a, you can't pursue female women comics ever. I still will. I'm just saying you shouldn't. If you're listening to this and you're a comic and you're talented and you often get, get attention, don't listen to your dick just because you don't have regular just because you're a loser who has no luck with women don't take the ones that you could get be a virgin it's it's virtuous and valuable to maintain your virginity i wish i could go back to being a virgin dude i'd rather have never had sex than have had sex that's how bad premarital sex is. It's not even premarital. It's just outside of or any relationship, not even close to marriage. I'm becoming more conservative every hour that I'm alive because the left is just becoming so like, uh, it's like a black hole. They're just going closer and closer to doom where they can never go back. It's it's like it's they're becoming spaghettified. They're becoming closer and closer to the event horizon, whereas regular people that are not uh, influenced by mind viruses, they're becoming more conservative, which just means normal. They just want to be, hey, you know what? Maybe it's not so bad to have a nuclear family. Maybe it's not so bad to just go back to traditional things of... Nate, that like we've been doing for the past 10,000 years. How about that? Oh, is that considered evil? Well, only uh, it's only considered evil by the people being sucked into the black hole. I'm going to stay where I'm at in my orbit around, I don't know, Neptune. I feel that's a little bit safer. Uh, and you know, I, I, and it does turn me on too. speaking of women, when they actually do have the same values, that's hot. So that makes it even harder to walk away, but you still gotta like there's, you know, Austin, Texas is known as a liberal hellhole, And it is, it's a shithole. Literally, it's, it's literally a pretty dirty city. But I don't live there. I live on the outside. I live on the outskirts where it's not even... I live in not even in the city of Austin, which is dope. Uh, 
the point is there's also some conservative people here who are not brainwashed. They might be brainwashed in other ways, but there's people that aren't even, you know, let's not even use the word conservative. They're just free thinkers. They're open-minded. They're not worried about uh, being influenced by the bullshittery and the and being called mean words. It's like, oh, you're racist. You're transphobic. I don't care. I'm Call me what you want. Uh, you're ugly. How about that? Can't change that. You'll always be ugly. I'll be what I am. Anyway, Austin has free thinkers as well. And so you actually do meet some people, women, that are like disenfranchised. Is that the word? Like they're disillusioned by the whole like uh, patchwork, this fucking, they're like red-pilled. They actually march, they don't fucking march along with these feminazis and just go by whatever other women tell them to do. And that's pretty hot. But they're not, they're still not good enough for my cock because they're not wife material because otherwise they wouldn't have met me. I don't go to places where you meet wife material. I go to fucking open mics. The women you meet there are definitely not, yeah, they're not wife material. But I'm not strong enough to say no to to free sex. It's not free. You pay for it in other ways. You pay for it in dignity. You lose your social creditation because people know that you sleep around with comics and you shit where you eat, and that's a horrible fucks with your reputation. It makes other comics jealous of you. Men that have also fucked her, they go, oh, you fucked her too? Well, now I don't like you. And uh, so it takes a lot of maturity, and even then, it's going to fuck you up. You should never shit where you eat, and I'm going to keep doing it, though, because YOLO. And money makes you less funny. It makes you just less funny. It's hard to relate to people when you have, like, a house, a car, and taxes. It, when you have things of value, it makes you feel that life is more real and you start worrying about small things like if your rims are perfectly scratch, like scratch-free. Like I parked the Miata and I scraped up the rims a little bit while parking it and that ruined my night. And then I thought about it. It's like, you know, it's not like someone died. Like, that's not really that big of a deal. Some people don't even have a place to live. And you're, you're depressed. Like, you're, you, you're acting like somebody died just because you scratch your rims. So it's hard to maintain perspective. And I'm not even that, I'm not even rich. I hate people who just think I'm rich just because I have, I already talked about this fucking all the time, but like, it's true, though. It's hard to be funny when you're not hungry, literally hungry for food. And I, I'm, I'm not that funny anymore, unfortunately. Which brings me to another topic that kind of relates. It's uh, the Dunning-Kruger effect. It's, a, it's, it's fucking these comics that start out. In Austin, Texas, the average comedian is probably about a year, two years in. And if you're only two years in to comedy, you probably mostly suck at it. And that sounds mean, but uh, yeah, you're not that good if you're only two years in. How do I know this? Well, because I'm not even that good, and I'm almost 10 years in. So if it's true that, I mean, and I'm pretty funny. Like, I could be pretty funny sometimes, and people have told me that I'm funny. Uh, in very gratuitous ways that make me feel like, okay, I guess I kind of am. And I am and I don't think I'm even that funny. So that's what the Dunning-Kruger effect kind of gets into. It's like uh, the sooner you get into something, you're going to feel like you're fucking awesome at it. Like if you just start cooking, you're going to think, oh, I'm such a good cook. But then you're actually going to get slightly better at it. And the better you get the less you think you're good at something. It's like, oh, actually, I suck at cooking, even if you're pretty good at it. And that also touches on the imposter syndrome effect. So 
I've been hanging out with this comic who's very new. He's not that new. He's and he's not that bad either. He's not bad. Um, but he thinks he's like better. Like he thinks he's good or better than he is. Whatever. Maybe not. He does though. He says things that I that give away that he is very like has a inflated sense of how good he is. Um, and that's and that's fine. Because I thought that too when I was 22. I thought I was going to be like the next... I thought I was so good when I was just starting. And then as I got deeper into it, I started to think, no, I'm fucking horrible. I don't know, man. But that's that sucks because it's hard to be funny when you don't think you're funny. And I know when I'm going to be funny or not. I could feel it in my bones, in my gut. I know if I'm going to be funny way before I go up. Um, and that's just something you, you gain as you do it for longer. Um, and now that I'm nine years in, I feel like, yep, I am on the scale of one to 10. I'm probably like a four or five in terms of how good I am. Four or five. So that's pretty much halfway to greatness, which is a long way from greatness. <laughs> that's like mediocre. Like good would be like seven, you know, that's when you get good seven or eight. Great is nine or ten. I'm four or five, so I'm mediocre at at uh, stand up comedy. I'm fine with that though because I like it as a hobby, even like because I'm not a professional yet, so I don't really feel like I'm losing. I'm pissing anyone off by being bad at it, uh, but I'm definitely far from good at it. And just because I have the freedom to do it every night doesn't mean I have the drive, energy, you know, mental, not just mental energy, but just the physical energy to get out of bed. I don't have that. I have clinical depression, undiagnosed clinical depression, because doctors love when patients uh, uh, diagnose themselves with things. They love that. Uh, but I know that I have that. I'm not like retarded. Like I, I'm actually pretty accurate when it comes to self-diagnose. Like I've done it before and, and been correct. Not with COVID. I did that. One, I misdiagnosed myself with COVID once, but who cares about that? It's a fake. That was just the flu anyway. Whatever. It didn't kill me. So that means I don't care about the people that died from it. Nobody I cared about died from it. Um, so it doesn't mean anything. So it's not real to me. Anyway, so the thing I was getting at is uh, clinical depression is a thing I definitely have, and that's what stops me from being as active during the day as I would like to be. Uh, and so I, I don't like when people tell me that, I sh- that I'm lazy. It's not laziness. I sleep and I get horrible quality sleep every time I go to bed. Every, anytime I go to bed, I go right into a dream, and I dream all night and it and i wake up exhausted and i yeah so you know so that's probably that's also what makes me less funny if you wake up feeling pretty bad it's like oh now i got to be funny and entertain people that's very tough to do so that's my reasoning for why i am bad at the thing i'm pursuing but i'm pretty you know like, i don't know I do want to be a stand-up comedian someday. I need to work on the stage name. I'm still not too happy about my new stage name, Timmy Gusto. It's just too obnoxious. It's too flashy. It's too, like, brash and edgy and, like, pointy of a name for me to like it. Like, most comedians don't have fucking names. But a lot of them do. Black comedian. There's a black comedian called Damn Fool, and that's a great name. That's a great stage name. So actually, maybe I'll, it'll grow on me, and it, it's still my preferred stage name. Uh, I, it just, every time I hear it announced, okay, your next comic, Timmy Gusto, I cringe. Because uh, I am cringy sometimes, but I do it on, I, I kind of like cringe comedy. I like being over dramatic. I like doing things that don't always work on stage but are douchey, that come off as like, whoa, what an asshole, what a douche, because I know what I'm going for. I'm going for a specific type of comedy, which is cringe. Sometimes it's funny to do something cringy on purpose, which makes it 
not that cringy, actually. I don't know, man. I did a, a heckle mic tonight. My favorite mic in the city. I don't know. I don't like calling it a city. Austin is not really that much of a city. It's pretty small. It's like, it doesn't feel big enough to be a city. But that's what it is, technically. And uh, the my favorite mic is this heckle mic that happens every Sunday. Like, it's one of the few that I actually do almost every week because I like the challenge of going up against a, a fucking crowd of hecklers. Because um, it, it thickens your skin and it makes you know what you have to do. It just makes you a better comic to try to do material in front of a crowd that's like, oh, fuck, what is, who does this guy think he is doing material? It's like Def Jam when uh, Bernie Mac went up for the second time. He did. It was a fa- one of the most famous comedy sets of all time. Um, is when he went up there after somebody bombed or whatever, and the audience all had their arms crossed, and they're like, "Oh, okay, no." Like, and he knew that he would have to do something that you know really strong and powerful to get through the negative energy of the crowd, not giving a fuck or whatever. He went up there. He's like, I don't give. I'm not afraid of you, motherfuckers. You don't understand. And it was like the, one of the best sets that any comic has ever done. And he killed because he was combative in a way, and his jokes were the right level of aggressive, combative, in like short and to the point, and exactly what the room needed to actually be like. Okay, that's funny, and that's what a heckle mic is. It gives you a chance to show, like, it just makes you a stronger comic. Because there's some pussy rooms, man. In every city, every comedy scene is going to have pussy, DIY, like, okay, let's be supportive types of rooms where all you have to do is look like you're doing comedy. And they'll just be like, yeah, comedy's happening. This guy's pretty good. Let's be respectful and smile and laugh and like give him, you know, you know, he's doing the high, he's doing something. He put effort into this. No, fuck that. That's not how all shows should be. A real, you know, a heckle show is what proves if you're funny or not for real, like in a fucking... Because if you could override a room of hecklers and get them to listen and to laugh at a joke, yeah, you, that's how you know it's a, a good joke. So I liked it. I did it tonight to prepare for this podcast. I like to get a mic or two in before I do the podcast just to feel like I'm a performer, just to know that this is not my first time talking to somebody for the whole day and like just to warm me up, you know. So I did okay. They kept making short jokes, which I'm fine with. I had some re- some responses to it, I guess, whatever. And then I got off uh I got off stage before they kicked me off. I guess I had a little more time, but I was like, I'm going to cut this short. And I put the mic in, I got off stage, and that was a good thing to say because they were doing short jokes and that's a pun. I'm going to cut this short. I didn't mean to do that, though. I wasn't trying to make a fucking pun. I don't do puns. But it, it did. That was a great way to get off stage. So that felt, that was good. That was validating or whatever. I needed it. And, because I don't, I'm not that mean to people. I don't, I'm not the type of person who just goes, yeah, f-. like I don't try to one-up people if I get heckled. If somebody heckles me, I just go, yeah, 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 yeah. Like I just take it. Or I just try to correct them in a way that's not funny at all. Like somebody said, you look like if you took one pill of antidepressants, you would be happier than ever because you're short and small. So therefore, only one pill would have a big effect. And I just went, it's not how it works. Antidepressants don't get you high. And that was not a funny thing to say. But to me... That's what I like to, I don't know. I don't try to like one-up them. I just don't have that ability and I don't want to have that ability. Somebody, yeah, like I didn't do anything that was mean back. They said, oh, you're, that shirt, it, the reason that it's like that, the reason that it's like bent the words is, is, is like 
at an angle is because they can't fit it on your shirt because you're small otherwise because it's too much letters to fit because you're small and i was like no it just looks cool that way it's just a cool style like i just shut them down in like a very idle <laughs> whatever man that's just what i do man like i don't care um and then yeah i just it was fun though and uh you can't get too hocus pocus about life, about like things going right. That's why I love the heckle mic is because it prepares you for chaos. And that's what life is. Life is chaos. Like people die randomly. You could lose your relative any day and that you just have to deal with it because that's life. So a comic should be uh, an expert at dealing with stuff and like making other people feel happy like temporarily raise their spirits they shouldn't just go up there and complain about how life is shitty we already know the audience already knows that life is shitty so if a comic just goes up there is like oh man I, i'm a loser everything sucks who gives a fuck be funny say something crazy you know people love that and so that's what i thought of before I went up and it helped and also I liked watching other people bomb because they give you a minute up front to tell jokes most people do not do well in that minute they don't get a single laugh and then they just look sad <laughs> they, cause they go oh that didn't work and then you could tell that they're unhappy because of the neutral look on their face like a, and then they get heckled on top of that after just bombing and that warms my fucking heart and then I go up and I go, okay, so don't do what everyone else did. Don't try to do material in a gingerly way that they, like, don't, get, don't pretend this is an easy room. Do your best material and do it sharp as a fucking tack. And then maybe they will actually laugh if you're a real comic. That's the test. Bernie Mac, you can't be afraid of that shit. You can't show fear. You gotta be like, fuck you, I'm doing this bit. I don't know, man. So, I don't have a personality, and uh, somebody said that. Like, hey, where do you keep your personality? In your fanny pack? Because I wear a fanny pack on stage. And yeah, I don't have much of a personality. I keep it inside. I'm an introvert. I do it for a reason, as I explained at the top of the show introverts are smart people and i'm starting to hang out with some other introverts that i like way better than the people that just you know yeah <laughs> that give me unwanted advice unsolicited shitty advice and uh all right so how long have I been? yeah okay let's end this episode I, I i i got little to talk about this week okay so somebody asked me why same thing same person that I talked shit about last episode asked me why I kept unfollowing him on Instagram. Because I did many times. I was like, okay, I'll follow you back now that you've been nice. Now that I got my shit out, okay. I'll... And then I did something else that bugged me, so I unfollowed. And then he was like, why do you keep unfollowing me? And I was like, oh, uh, yeah, I'm, 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 I do that. I'm passive aggressive. He's like, yeah. Yeah, I do that a lot. I'm pretty passive-aggressive, dude. Like, what's another example of, of that? Like, I guess I do that, man. Like, but fuck them. Fuck people. It's better than being aggressive. I don't know. It's a Jewish thing, maybe. I'm half Jewish. I don't really like identifying as Jewish because I'm only half Jewish. And, you know, if it, you know, it passes through the mother. If I was full Jewish, I would be way better at asking for shit um i don't really want to talk about cancel culture i'm sick of it i'm sick of people talking about it so i won't the war between likability and funniness is a very difficult balance of things like i don't you don't want to just be unlikable you have to be a little bit likable to get a laugh, even if what you're saying is completely uh, antagonistic. Uh, like if you go up there and just go right into like the most racist joke ever, 
it, you're taking a big risk if you don't do it in a way that is somewhat like, okay, you got to kind of connect with the crowd a little bit, maybe do a little, like work the room a little bit, get a laugh just based on the room before you go into material. You don't have to do your material ever. You could just get away with riffing and fucking around the whole set if you're a master at it. The material is there for when you have nothing else to talk about. Uh, and uh, I don't know, man. I'm trying to get better at that because I sometimes I fucking... You could bomb with good material if you don't have them on your side. I mean, this is comedy 0.1. This is like not even 101 level comedy uh, class uh, information. Of course, if they're not on your side, it doesn't really even matter how good the material is. They're not going to laugh as hard as they would if they already were on your side. And I am, I keep, I always forget that comedy is so fucking hard to be good at consistently. There's such valuable lessons like what I just said that you should probably get the room on your side first before going into material that you know isn't that great or won't get them on your side necessarily. I forget that you're supposed to be a little likable. You're supposed to do something to at least show that you're happy to be there at the very least before plowing through your material that might not work. You just have to. Uh, and I, I kind of forgot about that, but I remembered tonight. And it's fucking delicate. There's such a balance between those two competing ideas, likability and funniness. They're not the same. Funniness can be hateful you could be a dick and be funny you could say that's why hecklers are funny that's why saying somebody sucks is funny it's just funny i mean i don't know why it's funny it's funny because it's mean i guess but it's just shocking and like oh you can't believe you said that it's not likable at all i don't know man i'm just trying to give myself i'm just trying to remember how to do it and I could make excuses for why I can't always remember. I'm fucking brain dead. I'm, I'm retarded. My brain is broken in certain ways. I'm not very smart. I'm not very good at thinking of words or what to say all the time. It takes me a while to think of a good comeback or just be in the moment and be funny. And that's partially because of just my own back genetic whatever. My whole life I've been kind of... Not not all that. I'm kind of dumb in certain ways, and also the the psychological illness, whatever the mental illness, is of depression. It bogs down your performance as a comedian if you're actually like clinically depressed. That is that really is a damper. Puts a heavy weight on your abilities, even if you're funny. You could be the funniest guy in the world one day but then if you get if you're going through a uh depressive episode you could be also the least funny person in the world those things are quite common they go hand in hand being very funny and being very like this guy is the worst person that's actually i don't know what it is about that but it's true it's polarizing because uh you have to be kind of an interesting person i don't know it helps to be a little bit depressed to be funny because then you could relate to like, I don't know, it just makes you think about things on a more analytical, like on a deeper level. And that's what creates new ground that people don't often think about. You don't, you're not as hack. You're not just reaching for the easiest joke. So it's good to be depressed. I'm not knocking it. I'm not taking it for, you know, I, I don't want to be depressed all the time, but it is a good thing, I guess, to have a little bit of it. I, some of my favorite comedians from Chicago were super depressed dog shout out to them I'm not gonna shout out their names because I don't talk to them anymore and they don't help me they don't help me in any way shape or form and fuck them to be honest hey actually fuck them no, I'm just they are they, there was there were some funny comedians in Chicago that I had to earn their you know gratitude I had to earn their respect by keep going by getting funnier because when you first start out, no one's going to give a fuck about you. Everyone's just going to look at you as like, oh, who's this guy? Ugh. But then if you actually are funny, people will start talking to you. 
nobody likes a comedian that's that talks to people but isn't known to be funny. You have to be funny before you could go up to before you expect social validation. And uh, there's some cool people in Austin that are starting to come up to me and, and give me social validation. And I don't give a fuck about them unless they have tits. I, think, I mean, I'm just being honest. Once you start talking to a woman that's attractive, that I think they're hot. They just, they just internally, I could tell that the gears are turning and they go, oh, you, you're, you would fuck dudes? Is that what you're saying? Oh, I'm less attracted to you than... I mean, I'm sorry, but that's just nature of the universe. Um, being into dudes, they don't like that. Women don't like that. They like men that are straight. You know? Hey, some will look past anything wrong with you, but I'm just saying, as a general rule, being into trans women or being bisexual, that isn't like a turn-on. That's not gonna... It's not something you put on your resume if you're on a date with a heteronormative woman, like woman, or let's just call it a, a fucking regular traditional woman. Or just a woman. Fuck, I don't even give a fuck about qualifying it. Just the type of women, woman, ugh, Jesus, fuck, type of woman that I'm interested in is not going to be interested in somebody that also fucks dudes. And it goes both ways. I'm not interested as much in a bisexual woman as I am one that fucks dudes, which is kind of kind of weird because why would I want them to have sex with dudes? Uh, I would prefer a virgin, a virgin that has watched a lot of porn and knows how to do good in bed but has never done it before. That's ideal, but if they've also been with women, it's like that doesn't really add much to my attraction to you it detracts from it it's like yeah i don't know can you just be into dudes please so it goes both ways and i have to i can't cut myself uh i can't reveal things whatever once you are talking to an attractive to a woman that you, you're getting a vibe from and you're like attracted to them validate anything they say you will just be like, oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, man. Storming the Capitol was so dumb, man. Oh, man. Yeah, healthcare. Oh, yeah, you're right, dude. Immigration is a good thing. Yeah, we should just let anyone just come here without anything, without papers or anything, man. They're contributing. You're right. A lot of them do pay taxes. You're right. Yes, we should do that. No, I don't, I'm not that much of a cuck. I don't really agree with everything they say. But I will look past all the crazy shit they're saying as long as they're hot. Because, you know, your dick takes over. There's nothing wrong with that. But there is something. I mean, I'm, I'm, there is actually a lot wrong with it. You shouldn't just fuck anything that comes your way. Be better than that. I get it. It's tough to, to get, that they could just talk me out of voting for Trump. They could just be like, well, how about, whoa, I don't like that. Can you at least vote for Yang? Uh, and I'm just like, wait, you're, you think you're going to change my vote just by saying you don't, just by making a face? You think just making an ugly face is going to change my political, holy shit. Just makes me think like, wow, you must really think you're <laughs> a hot girl. You must really think that women run men you just want to dominate men uh there are women like that um and a lot of men especially married men or ones in deep relation long-term relationships i wasn't even talking about those i was talking about ones that i never that i wasn't even fucking they would try to convince me to not vote for trump just by being like oh i don't like that it's like okay i don't like you I don't care that you don't like something that I like. Okay, what else is new? Uh, but I'm talking about, but then there's the people in committed relationships that didn't vote for Trump just because their wife doesn't like him. It's like, why are you listening to your wife about who you vote for? You could just lie and tell her, like, she's not going to look. She's not going to look in the ballot. It's private. Just tell her, hey, what are you doing? <laughs> just wait for her to not look unless she's that crazy that she's actually 
making you show her your ballot, which you should get out of that fucking relationship, if that's the case. Just vote for the way you want to vote, and don't fucking tell her. Women are barely allowed to vote in the first place. The 19th Amendment is new, relatively. So there's a reason it was introduced later. It's not like, I mean, it's because they're bad at having a political opinion that's that's valid. <laughs> they're bad at forming good opinions on politics. Hey, they're good at other things. I'm not hating on women just because I'm saying something that's controversial. It happens to be true. If they're only good at emotional thinking, if that's where their teeter-totter uh, leans towards, towards emotional thinking, they're not going to be the best politicians. If they only get, if they get sad and like, oh, look at those kids in cages. It's like, well, they're in there because their dumb fucking parents tried to smuggle them over a border of a different country illegally. So, yeah, it's sad that their kids are separated from them in their in cages, but that's the fucking world. That's how the world is. It's not a great place, and it's not the kids. Not our fault that their parents decided to do that. So you got to think rationally, and that's why we got to repeal the Nineteenth Amendment. Um, and it's why you shouldn't be influenced by just a girl just because she has a pretty face. And you don't want to make her mad at you or some shit. Like, oh, I'm in the doghouse. I'm in the doghouse. They voted for. Don't be a pussy. You'll only attract better women by not being a pussy. And they're supposed to be a little bit submissive, according to society, for a long time. The patriarchy is there, or was there? It's, it's kind of being uh, chipped away at at this point. The patriarchy is a thing of the past in America, but in other countries, it's still around. In those countries, there's a reason it's been around for hundreds of thousands of years. They didn't call it that because that's a big word, but that's what it was there. Men are stronger. They are the head of the household. They make m the most important decisions. Women are good at other, other shit. They're more conscientious. Shish. They, 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 women are good at other shit. They're smart. They are, some of them are really good at analytical thinking, but on average they're fucking, they're better at other shit is all I'm going to say. Otherwise there would be more women in STEM. It's not like there's no women in STEM because men don't want the, can you imagine if that was the case? Like there's a nerdy programmer who doesn't get laid and has never gotten his dick sucked or even looked at. By a woman, and then you think he's going to protest if some hot woman wants to sit next to him every day and code and, and like review code with each other every... You think it's men that don't want women in STEM? You fucking retarded idiots. It's because women don't want to be in STEM. Who, want, who the what kind of woman wants to code and like bug, debug? No, they fucking... What? That's not what they're interested in. Some of them are good at it. That's hot, I guess. I don't know. I, I look at it as kind of like a threat. It's like, are you threatening my, my job security? Because obviously a woman is going to get hired a lot quicker than a man for a coding job because of affirmative action and all that bullshit. But more power to them, dude. I don't give a... I mean, it's hot. A, a female programmer is not a turnoff to me because it's manly. Coding is manly. Logic is manly, dude. That's why I'm not attracted to dumb women, but I am attracted to crazy, smart women. If they're just crazy, if they're dumb and crazy, get out of my fucking face. I'll only date you for like two years. But if you're crazy, but also smart and know about logic and math, then I'll fucking sleep with you then i'll still won't date you for very long because i don't like being abused by crazy women and it's like very like bad for my sense of it's just bad for my mental health to be abused uh uh emotionally emotionally abused so okay four years i'll i'll spend with you uh because usually men or women 
anytime you break up with somebody as a man and you're the one that broke up or whatever, they're going to be like, what was wrong? Why did you do that? It's like, well, she was crazy. It's like, no, she wasn't. You're just an ass. Like, they always take the woman's side most of the time, especially other women. Other women will always take, assume that you are the asshole in the situation. That's We're finding out that, you know, sometimes the woman is the abuser. Can you believe Johnny Depp is the victim of psychological abuse? Well, I guess that's how it goes if you're an actor like him who is attracted to crazy hot women. I am too. I'm a talented, handsome actor, not as much as him. He's the best, he's the most talented, hottest guy in the world. But, um, but I get where, why he was attracted to Amber Heard. She's fucking hot and crazy. Those two things he's into. He's a, he's, he likes a little bit of, you know, ooh, it's exciting, dude. Who the fuck would want to marry some predictable person who just knits all day, just like looks at their phone, just like, okay, let's go. What do you want to do today? I don't know. The same thing every, no, he's attracted to crazy, unpredictable bitches that, you know, toxic bitches that are also uh, actresses or whatever. So I get why he got into that relationship. But we're starting to see, as a society, at least in this culture, that sometimes the woman is the one that's bad in the relationship. I mean, it's pretty obvious to men, pretty much every man who's been in a relationship knows that sometimes the woman is the one that's causing the problems. But they just they they take it because men feel that they have to be the punching bag. They, they're like, oh, we're men. We're supposed to take the shit. Uh, we're not allowed to complain. We just have to, yeah, we have to be men and take whatever shit is flung at us because that's just how society sees us, which, you know, there's, it's, there's some merit to that. It's true. We are men. We're less sensitive than women, but that doesn't mean we're immune to emotional fuckery. And we don't like to just be used up and, and, and pushed aside. Like women get, or men are known to just use women for sex and then move on. Well, a lot of women do that too to men. And we don't like that. Men, it, it fucks with our self-worth to just be like manipulated or seduced uh, for sex and then completely abandoned and ghosted. It, it hurts. It sucks because we don't, you know. I'm not in it for sex. I don't fuck people just to fuck them. I fuck them uh, for because it's it's a good way to create like a bond with somebody. It's like sex isn't that great when it's just once. It's like okay, I got to have sex with that person once. Whoopee! And then and then there's no emotional connection. Okay, I guess that is pretty appealing when you're horny. But that could be so easily taken care of uh, by doing it yourself in a dark room. And, and it's like almost as good. And there's no risk of emotional turmoil, emotional damage happening. So every time I jerk off, I go, man, that was, that's it? That's all I would have gotten from the real thing is just the same experience and it just goes away and it's like well there's that's it i don't know man sex is great but so is masturbation they're pretty much like almost neck and neck war between and people you know attack everyone knows that it's true though and the only reason to have sex with somebody is to jerk off to it later it's just material for what to jerk off to, which is way better than the experience itself, unless it's an experience that is so fantastical that it is better than jerking off. Man, is that rare. The imagination is always better than reality. So I hope you learned something from that long, from that shit. Um... So I did a show in Houston, Texas, two nights ago, I guess, at this point. I'm recording this at 5.30 a.m. on Monday. I'm a day late because last night I just wasn't in the mood. I was emotional. I was just like, you know, a little bit exa exhausted. 
from having poor sleep quality. So I did a show in Houston, Texas. Um, an article came out about it uh, on some small newspaper that I've never heard of, but who cares how small it was? It was very cool that an article came out, and the the headline was another transphobic show at this place. It will be a trash fire or some shit like that. I don't remember the the exact wording of it, but it was basically a smear piece about the person who hosted it. And they showed a bunch of tweets from him that were just whatever. I thought it was hilarious. Every word of the article made me smile with glee because I just know that it's like it wasn't about me. I don't fucking... I mean, if it was about me, maybe I would have taken it a little more personal. It was just about a show that I was booked on. And so that is a good thing to happen. It's a little sketchy, I guess, because the club owner was worried that it could cause violence, whatever. It didn't. No one... That's rare. The thing that happened to Chappelle, that's a really rare thing. And that's because he's so fucking famous and there's been so much negative press about him that, yeah, okay, one time somebody actually did rush the stage. But for that to happen to a local nobody... Yeah, big fucking whoop. One little article in some tiny newspaper is not going to cause violence. So that guy was overreacting. Um, I would take any press that I could get. If somebody writes an article about how I'm transphobic and that I'm doing a show and that they link to the show to buy tickets, that's great. Um, because if you're not called a word, if you're not called transphobic, racist, sexist, white supremacist, if you're not ever called any of those things, problematic, um, you're probably not very funny. I'm sorry, but like, there's not a lot of clean comedy these days, and even then, you probably still get called. There's some clean comics that are crushing it right now, but I don't fucking care about them. They're, they don't make me laugh. What makes me laugh is edgy shit. And so if you don't get called the things that people think you are, that you're not, you're just doing jokes, then f you're probably not really doing much in life. Being canceled or people trying to cancel you, like calling up the venues and be like, why do you, you should unbook this guy. That's a sign that you're probably doing something right because those people are just depressed and mentally ill and you didn't do anything to them. They're just... Uh, trying to fuck you up based on who they think you're offending. They have no right to be offended. They're just like losers that are white and not even the subject of your jokes. They just think that they're being a hero and they want to feel validated about their shitty existence. Um, so you can't take it too personally because it is a good thing in essence, because it makes people want to see you. The people that actually are comedy fans will be like, oh, shit, that guy is being canceled. Maybe he's funny. And so even though, you know, and then there's this whole complaining about it makes you look like a victim or you're like you're playing the victim of cancel culture. Well, you are. You are a victim of cancel. There's no one else being attacked. The people that you might be offending are not even the ones writing these articles. It's just people acting on behalf of these hypothetical victims. So there's no real victims, and if there is, it's you, of course. If you lose a gig based on somebody else's article or calling up the club, yeah, you're a victim of losing money on a business uh, but that doesn't mean it's good to walk around whining about it. It doesn't look good to be like, oh, man, they've been trying to cancel me. It's like, fuck you. Just be funny. Keep going. Life is short. There's going to be assholes. And just fucking don't get bogged down. I don't know. You just got to keep going. You got to double down. Double down. Be humble. It takes time. You got to play the long game. If you're trying to get into show business, you got to pay your fucking dues. If you're just 
a year in and you're trying to be like, why is this guy talking to me? Why can't I get any shows in Austin, Texas? One of the biggest comedy scenes in the country where everyone's moving to every fucking day. Yeah. Because everyone else wants some of that, dude. You think you're the first person to want to be a comedian? You got to sit your ass in line. Take a number. It's going to happen. Maybe, maybe it will, it'll probably never happen, but if it does happen, it's going to be because you actually did something that was worthy. And maybe not. Maybe you'll just get it before you deserve it. Hey, maybe I didn't deserve to get uh, the Kill Tony secret show bullshit. Maybe I didn't deserve to get that. I am fully self-aware that I am not the funniest comedian in this town. So I take it very, I'm very appreciative of any opportunity I get, and I'm I'm hungry for food and for stage time. I need to develop a tight ten. I don't have a tight ten, which is embarrassing because I'm nine years into comedy, almost ten years into comedy, and I don't have a tight ten minutes. Five minutes I could do, I guess, at this point, pretty well, but it'd be with jokes. I don't like doing material. I like to riff, bitch. I'm my at my best when I'm riffing. And I like to podcast. If you're, I mean, Jesus Christ, you're not going to become famous just doing shows like like road gigs. You got to have a podcast or be really good and go on other people's podcasts. That's how you become a headliner, bitch. Tits. All right. I said enough bad words on this episode. It's been fun. It's been nice. I hope y'all are doing good. I'm doing okay, I guess, and uh, yeah, I'm doing fine. So, I will see you next week, y'all. This has been episode 29 of the Tim Vaxelbaum Show.